The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. From the time that Peter confessed Jesus to be Lord, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo, undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Follow me. It's with those words that Peter and Andrew, Levi and James and John were called by Jesus to be his disciples. Follow me. He calls to each one of us today. I ask you though, do you have what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus? Peter thought he did. He had followed Jesus, putting down his nets, leaving his profession of fishing behind and becoming a disciple, witnessed as Jesus went from town to town, casting out demons, proclaiming the nearness of the kingdom of God, healing those who were sick, raising the dead, calming storms at sea, the wind and the waves obeying his very voice, feeding on multiple occasions thousands of people with just a small amount of bread and fish. Witnessing all of this when he was asked by Jesus, who do you say that I am? Peter was convinced, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He was right. And he was convinced he would follow Jesus to the ends of the earth. And who among Jesus' followers is not inspired when Jesus talks of the church? 
built upon that rock firm foundation, that confession of faith of Jesus as Lord, that the church will prevail even against the gates of Hades, the gates of death. We are inspired. But then Jesus starts talking about his mission as the Christ, the Son of the living God. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. If the gospel was a soundtrack to a movie, we'd have the swelling orchestra building up to this moment of Peter's confession. And then Jesus shares this news and the orchestra kind of quietly comes to a stop. Wait, what? You are the son of the living God, the very Christ, and you're going to suffer and die? This was not what Peter had in mind. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. In that moment, Peter had made a 180 and now had become a stumbling block to Jesus. No less than when Satan had tempted Jesus in the wilderness. For Jesus was on a mission from God. And it was much more than what the disciples understood it to be. They thought that Jesus was coming to restore the Davidic kingdom, a kingdom on earth. And Jesus had come as king, but he had come to bind up the strong man, Satan, and to plunder his house. He had come to take away the sin of the world. He had come to usher in the very kingdom of heaven. All of those miracles and all of his teaching that Peter had witnessed pointed to this. And and to this point, Peter could get on board. But Jesus is clear that his mission as the Christ, the Son of the living God, would be accomplished fully by his death on the cross and by his resurrection from the dead. That Jesus, the Son of the living God, would suffer and die was so utterly contrary to Peter's understanding of what it meant to be the Messiah, the Christ, that he just could not, could not stand by quietly. But Jesus rebuked Peter for speaking out of fear and mistrust. And then he goes on. 
If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. If Jesus' description of what the Messiah is came as a shock to Peter, imagine his response when Jesus starts giving the job description of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Where was all this talk of denying self, losing one's life in Jesus' seemingly benign invitation, follow me? It's one thing, even if it's difficult to leave your nets by the shore. It's another thing completely when Jesus says that his follower must take up his cross and die. Who can do such a thing? I ask you again, do you have what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus? Before you answer too quickly, let me just read some excerpts from our second lesson today from Romans. Paul's description of what it means to live in response to what Jesus has done for us. He says, let love be genuine. Outdo one another in showing honor. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. Know if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what it means to deny yourself to take up your cross and follow Jesus. And if you and I are honest with ourselves, we know that in and of ourselves, we do not have what it takes to follow Jesus. Jesus is asking the impossible of us. It is 
too much for us. But then Jesus says, for mortals it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. Yes, in and of yourself, you do not have what it takes to be a follower of Jesus. Nevertheless, I tell you, you do have what it takes to be his disciple. You have what it takes because you have Jesus himself. He has given himself to you. He asks the impossible of us, and then he works the impossible in us by giving us faith, a sheer gift. All this he has worked for us in baptism, where our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. The result of baptism is discipleship. Christ alive in us. That's why when Jesus, raised from the dead, goes to his disciples and sends them out to make disciples of all nations, And how does he tell them to do this? By baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded them. The life of a baptized person is the life of a disciple. One who has died with Christ and been raised to new life in him. And as baptized people, we find ourselves, often despite ourselves, doing little things and sometimes big things that otherwise would seem impossible to us. We find ourselves being peaceable with those whom before we would consider our enemies. We find ourselves extending hospitality to people we've never met before. We find ourselves loving, genuinely loving our neighbor. We discover in the midst of our suffering that we can be patient and at peace as we wait upon the Lord. We find ourselves persevering in prayer. And in all of this, we recognize this is not due to some innate goodness from within us, but that this is the work of the Holy Spirit, a gift to us. All of this is the work of Christ alive in you. So often it happens even without our noticing. But this week I invite you to ask of Jesus, Jesus, open my eyes to see in my life and in the lives of those of your church, my brothers and sisters, to see where you are at work among us.
bringing about your kingdom, helping me to be your disciple and to make disciples of those around me. And watch as he answers that prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen.